Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, and I trust wherever you are in the world, you've had a phenomenal start to your working week. In today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that a lot of leaders, and specifically a lot of sales leaders, don't spend near enough time thinking about or putting attention to, uh, which often results in them getting, getting the results and achieving the outcomes and creating the culture that almost comes by accident. And that is, what are you actually trying to create? Now, it's a really interesting question, and as I said, most people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about this because for many people, they fall into the sales leadership role. Now, uh, many people, as we've already talked about on the, on the show a number of times, many people actually get the gig of sales leader because their business or their one-up manager says, man, you're a phenomenal salesperson. How do you do what you do? And I reckon you'd be great as a sales leader teaching other people on how you do what you do so we can replicate you, so we can bottle you up and actually now uh, spread it out across the business and everybody will be as successful as you've been. And the interesting thing about this is it very rarely translates to be a successful culture and it's very rarely that a person who is a very, very highly successful individual contributor makes the transition to being a very highly successful sales leader uh, almost overnight. Now, it takes work and how do I know that? Because I went through it myself. Now, I'm not one of those people that uh, was tapped on the shoulder and said, oh, you're a phenomenal salesperson, we reckon you'd be a great sales leader. I was actually very intentional about what I wanted to do in terms of my career because I'd spent the previous two years thinking about becoming a sales leader and formulating my own leadership philosophy in terms of what I would do when I was given the opportunity of being a sales leader. And if you listen to the podcast, you know the story that I got the opportunity against some people who were very, very uh, experienced, probably in terms of their credentials and their qualifications. Uh, super more qualified than I was, but what they didn't have is they didn't have my preparation, they didn't have my tenacity, and they didn't have my belief and my passion around lead and leadership. And so what they were looking for was almost like the, the logical step to the next step for them, uh, and and basically trading off their, their past results and trading off their qualifications. What I had was I had a foundation of a culture they wanted to create that separated me from everybody else. So slightly different case, but even with my example, I still had some challenges in the first 90 days, which I want to talk about a little bit more again today because it was it was such a challenging transition for me. And even though I'd spent two years thinking about and creating a philosophy that I wanted to become a sales leader, even when I got that opportunity, it was still a culture shock. Why? Well, because even though I'd spent two years formulating a strategy, formulating a philosophy, thinking about what I would do in certain situations, I hadn't actually had a huge amount of opportunity to stress test those philosophies and that approach in real live case scenarios. Yes, I had some opportunities to act as a sales leader before I became an official sales leader. I got some common opportunities and so forth, but it wasn't until I was actually given the mantle of sales leader that all of my philosophies, all of my thinking, and all the things I wanted to create really were stress tested. And I've got to say, in the first 90 days, I failed dismally. And I thought, and I'm thinking back on this now, I'm thinking, well, here, here am I who spent a lot of conscious effort thinking about and trying to formulate a philosophy, trying to give myself every opportunity of being the best possible leader I could 
from the moment I was given that opportunity. And even then, through great preparation, it still was a really, really stressful time, particularly for the first 90 days. And then I look now at all the sales leaders that are just given the opportunity to step into the mark because of their previous performance as an individual contributor. And is it any wonder that we've got a lot of sales leaders that are left on the scrap heap because they don't get the transition assistance, they don't get the support, they don't get the mentoring, they don't have a philosophy that they create. They're not independent in their thinking because they're just following what they think is a roadmap that's been laid out for other, from others before them and they're simply blindly following that roadmap. And in the process of doing that, their primary focus is on uh, what to do. What is the actions that I need to take? What is it that I need to do that represents me being a sales leader? And often they're just following something that's very, very process-driven and activity-based. Now, what I'm not saying is there's nothing wrong with activity because as we know, the only way to get sales is to actually take activity and take that activity over a long period of time to deliver results. However, we need to sit back and we need to start thinking about, all right, as a sales leader, what is it that I'm trying to create? Now, it took me a little bit of time, but I eventually worked this thing out that our team is and always will be a reflection of us. So the first question I want to ask yourself as a sales leader right now is, do you like the reflection that you see? Is this you? Or do you find yourself being and doing some things that perhaps goes against the grain of who you think you are? Is the role of a sales leader that you're in right now different to what you perceived it was going to be before you jumped into the role? And if that is the case, why is that the case? Are you following blindly the, I guess, the virtues and the wishes of your superiors, <laughs> your senior leaders and your senior executives? Or have you really stopped to think about, all right, what is it that I'm trying to create? Have I established my ben benchmark of reality? Have I used that as a springboard to define what it is that I want to create over the next 90 days, 120 days, three years, so that we've got a roadmap to, to achievement of sustainable results? Now, I ask that question because many people fall into this role and they just follow blindly the process that's been laid out for them and their whole ecosystem and the whole culture is centered around activity. And I saw it when I was in a sales leadership role and I see it today when I'm working with sales teams and sales leaders most of the conversations are centered around the surface level focus of the activity. Where are the numbers right now? Where do the numbers need to be? And in most cases, there's a gap and a pretty substantial gap. And so rather than having the conversation about, okay, what environment do we have to create that provides us with an opportunity to extract the maximum potential out of our team and all of our key stakeholders, instead what we do is we start focusing on, okay, this is the gap. What activities are we doing right now? And how do we need to change the activities to deliver us a different result? Now, you could look at this on the surface level and say, yeah, okay, if we're only making X number of phone calls and our conversion rate is, is, is Y percentage, then it stands to reason that to change the percentage of conversion to Z percentage, we might have to increase the amount of activity. And that logically makes sense. But there has to be a better way and there's a smarter way. And that is, if we understand what the environment is we want to create, if we're really dialed in on what are the important components of that environment, and instead of focusing purely on the activity, we actually start focusing in on what are the things that we need to become. And as part of that, what is it that we need to believe, not just about ourselves, but about our peers, but about our key customers and our key partners, so that we can actually get a completely different result. Because the definition of insanity, you've probably heard this a thousand times, if not a million times, is to do the same thing over and over again and simply expect a different result. In order for us to get a different result, it means we have to do something different. But in order for us to do something different, we need to look deeper into this and look at some of the psychology and figure out, okay, 
why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we getting the results that we're getting? And why do I need to change what I what I am and who I am so that I can become a bit different and a better, hopefully better version of myself to the point where I'll take different levels of action. Now, when that happens, that becomes an absolute game changer. Now, for many people, though, it's quite a challenge because we are so linked to our identity of either who we think we are or even more challenging, sometimes who other people think we are that we take on and therefore to fit into an environment because we also have to remember that we are products of an environment and we are constantly being conditioned within the environment that we operate in. So just look at the environment that you're operating in right now. Are you are you happy with the version of you? Are you happy with who you are within that environment? And if the answer is yes, hey, double thumbs up. Lucky you, keep doing what you're doing and hopefully the, the tide will turn if you're really dialing in on who you need to be. Versus if you're not happy, then start thinking about and asking the question as to why. Because when we get into a sales leader role, what do we do? We start to focus on, based on the environment, what it is that we need to do. And this is why today's episode is such an important thing to think about. Because too many sales leaders, and even today I'm talking to the sales leaders almost daily, who are so focused on the activities that need to be done. We've got to make X number of phone calls. We've got to reach out to so many customers. We've got to have so many meetings. They're all surface level metrics. And when I ask them, So who is it that you need to be? Why are you in this particular role in the first place? And tapping back into that intrinsic motivation and start really thinking about this and starting to create an ecosystem for long-term sustainable success. Sometimes, I gotta say, they look at me like I'm an alien because it's, it's completely foreign to them. Why? Because they're operating in an environment that they've been conditioned to simply focus on what to do. They haven't been conditioned to think about who it is they need to be so that what I do has much bigger impact. And so this is this begs the question around culture. And I'll ask I'll ask this question of you because I challenge all my sales leader clients to do this. Who is it that you need to be? But first of all, before you ask ask that question, think about what is the culture that I'm trying to create? What am I trying to create here? Because culture is everything. Culture beats strategy every single day of the week. Now I had an interesting interesting comment this morning. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was along the lines of if you have the right culture any tool that you use in the right way will deliver a result. However, if you're focusing all of your attention on the tools and you don't have the right culture, then the finest tools in the world will not deliver you that sustainable result. And so the key thing here is a lot of sales leaders, a lot of organizations, by the way, flip this up the wrong way. They don't spend near enough time on culture or they apply lip service to culture and they spend all of their time on the methodology or the framework or the structure that they have in terms of their business in order to think that that's gonna deliver the result. And I'm here to say, based on research and based on observation, based on my own experience, it simply doesn't work. Because if you look at the teams that have got the greatest culture, they are actually not necessarily using the world's best frameworks or the world's best tools. Guess what? They're getting some sustainable results and the people involved are really, really happy and they're driving sustainable improvement as well. And so this is what I want you to start thinking about. What are you creating in your particular business? Because culture is everything and it starts with you. How much time do you spend thinking? Thinking about yourself, thinking about how you can get better, thinking about what you're doing really well and what you're doing not so well. What are the areas for improvement for you? What sort of feedback culture have you created for your team? Are you sitting down and asking your team to do some reflection each and every week? Are you expecting them to deliver feedback to their peers, deliver feedback to you? Are they receptive to feedback? It all starts with you and you've got to think about what is the example that we're setting every single day because your people are watching your every single move. So do you know what your values are? What are your leadership values? What do you stand for? What's important to you? When somebody asks you the question, 
So why are you in this particular role and why are you in this particular business? Do you have an answer for that? And, and when I say an answer, have you really considered this answer so that comes from deep within you or is it just a surface level, oh, I'm doing this to drive sustainable results and it's just a, it's just a throwaway type of line. Think about what your actual values are. Think about what your beliefs are. What do you believe to be true about you? Do you believe that you're unstoppable? Do you believe your team is unstoppable? Or do you believe there's a lot of obstacles that are in front of you that's going to make it even more difficult to achieve the outcomes that you want to achieve this particular financial year? So you've got to think about and dive into these. And the only way you can do that is to sit back and start thinking and create space to really think what's important to you and why are you doing what you're doing. When you've got your values, your beliefs locked in, start thinking about, all right, based on those, what are the standards of behavior that I need to put in place? And how can I put some standards and expectations around that so that I am absolutely relentless in the execution of those standards so I'm driving consistency? Now, I have this conversation a lot with clients is what are the standards you expect of yourself and therefore what are the standards you expect of your team? Because we've got to think about this because everywhere we go, there we are, but everywhere we go, we're also setting the example for other people in terms of how to behave and how to deal with us. So have you really sat down and thought about what is the example that I want to set? What is it that I want people to be saying about me? But more importantly, what do I want people to be saying about my team? Now, if you're in this for the short term, you're going to think very, very short term. Your goals will be short term. Your behaviors will be short term. And you're probably your culture will be very short term. You may actually find that you'll have some people start to leave because they're in it for the short term. It's the instant gratification society we talked about yesterday. If, however, you're in it for the long term and you understand that the things you start today, you may not necessarily start to see the ramifications or the outcomes of those behaviors or those thoughts until you know two weeks, two years down the track. But think about this. It's the ripple effect. The pebble that's dropped into the, into the water creates a ripple effect that almost never stops. And so think about the behavior you're trying to create, the environment you're trying to create, what sort of ripple effect do you want? And this is, I'm talking potentially generations. So when you're thinking about the team you're leading right now, the environment you're creating will have ripple effects for years and years and years to come. Now, there's no perfect example, given that we're towards the end of the final series in the AFL here in Australia, there's no perfect, more perfect example than a guy called Alastair Clarkson, who has just uh, finished up as the coach of Hawthorne after something like 17 years. If you look at Alistair's record, not only is he a premiership coach and he's a very, very highly successful coach in his own right through the Hawthorne Football Club, but if you look at the number of people that have actually come through his leadership group, his coaching group, who are now very successful and have built successful cultures in other football teams in the AFL, it is actually staggering. There's such a high percentage of coaches that are in other teams who have gone through and been part of the ecosystem and the environment that Alistair Clarkson has created. So he his legacy will long will <laughs> going for generations. It will go for generations. Why? Because he knew exactly what he stood for. He knew what his values were. He knew what the culture was that he wanted to create. And he built systems and frameworks that delivered long-term sustainable success around those very things. So here's a question for you today. When you think about what you're doing right now, how much time do you give yourself to think, to really think about what is the culture I want to create? What is it that I'm trying to create here? Or are you so focused or being conditioned to focus on the short-term activities that will deliver the short-term immediate results? It's the difference between delayed gratification, building something that'll have sustainability in it, and instant gratification, the short-term instant fix. Because where your focus is, that's where your energy is going to go, and that is what you're going to actually start to create. So think about, are you more short-term focused, or are you more long-term behavior, cultural-based 
focus. Now, one of the things I, and just to leave you with this, one of the things I found out the hard way was uh, I thought I was doing the right thing coming into a sales leadership role. I had the greatest of intentions that my intentions were pure. My intentions were I wanted to serve my team. And one of the best things I, I recognized in the first 90 days was what wasn't working. I had built this this philosophy that I wanted to be a servant type leader. I really had believed in that and I still believe to this day that servant leadership is by far the most effective form of leadership because it really, really forces the leader to take them away from the, I guess, the limelight and realize that it's not about them. It's not about, never, never has been about them, never will be about them. It's always about how do we best serve the team to set them up for long-term success. But one of the mistakes I made was I thought the best way to serve my team was to actually create an environment where I could solve all of the problems for my team. And I did this in the first 90 days. And, and if you've listened to the podcast, you would have heard the story that my team came to me with every single problem they could think of in the first 90 days. And I thought my my responsibility was to solve those problems for them. Now, instant gratification, problems got solved. They felt good. There was a hit of dopamine. I got a hit, hit of dopamine. I was happy that I could help solve a problem. They were happy that the problem got solved. But the next time there was a problem, guess what? They would come back to me, almost like trained mice, and I say that very respectfully, for me to give them another hit of dopamine and to solve another problem. So what I actually created was not an environment of high performance. I'd created an environment of codependency, which over a long period of time does not drive exceptional performance because it actually stifles growth, stifles opportunity, and it stifles expression and creativity. And so I kind of learned the hard way. I had to start creating an independent environment. I had to start asking some hard questions. I had to start creating some friction to create some cognitive dissonance that was in the team where people had a gap between what they believed to be true right now and where they needed to get to. And I needed them to feel that. And I needed them to start thinking about and start developing for themselves some ideas around how to create some solutions to problems that they didn't know how to solve. And so very quickly, over a period of uh, maybe the next 90 or so days, we started to put a process in place where instead of me just giving the answers to all the problems, uh, they would have to come to me with not only the, I guess, an analysis of the problem, but also some ideas around what possible solutions to that problem could be. So I forced them to start behaving in a different way, which got them to think differently. What I did in the process, and I started to learn that I can actually have a much bigger impact if I gave people the the opportunity to, to create not just a problem for themselves, and that wasn't about creating their own problems, but certainly identify possible solutions or possible reasons for why the problem was there in the first place, and then think about the appropriate response to that particular problem. So their level of thinking went up, their little level of critical analysis went up, their level of strategic thinking went up, and when we actually got together, the quality of the conversation all of a sudden was a lot higher. Now, I never needed to then have all the answers because I started to create an independent environment where they started to think for themselves. Guess what? It was the pebble in the, it was the ripple effect that was started. And I didn't even know at the time that, that was, that's what I was doing. But now I look back, that's exactly what happened. What, I, what did I create? I ended up creating an environment where success became inevitable. Uh, people within the team became a lot more engaged. They were having a lot higher level of discretionary effort. They knew why they were there. They were achieving great things, but they also got motivated motivated to achieve even better things because they always knew there was another level to get to. Such an important lesson. And I look back now and think, my goodness, if I had have known what I know now back then, things would have been completely different and we would have been a lot more successful a lot quicker. But uh, on the other side of that, I think, well, you know what? If I didn't experience that, if I didn't go through that, then we wouldn't have achieved the success we, we did. And I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. So everything happens for a reason. Everything is exactly as it's meant to be. 
and it's all good. So I'll leave you with this. Think about for you right now in your career, in your sales team right now, what is it that you are trying to create? And if you've not actually thought about that, spend some time this week. Give yourself at least half an hour free of any distractions and start thinking about, okay, what am I trying to create? What is my ripple effect that I'm trying to create that could have ramifications, positive ramifications for months, if not years to come? So that's your challenge this week. And uh, if that's something that's very unfamiliar for you, that's fine. Just sit in your own level of cognitive dissonance and look at that gap and lean forward into that uncertainty because I guarantee when you do that, you might find and discover some things about yourself That is just the key that will open up the key to a completely different and brand new world in relation to leadership and sales leadership, which is going to pay dividends for years and years to come. So there's a challenge out of today's episode. And of course, if you'd like to fast track all this, if you'd like to get to be an exceptional sales leader really, really quickly, and when I say quickly, within the next three months, then let's work together and let's uh, let's make my long-term, my long path your shortcut. Let's work together. Jump on my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits you. We'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation, and let's start working together this week to get you well on your way to becoming that exceptional sales leader in under 90 days. Look forward to that conversation, and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.